Ahoy there, mateys! It be me, Captain Chessbeard, here on this 69th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Yeah! Let me tell ye, ye wary sailors, this be a special episode as it be our pre-Valentine's Day episode. Episode 69. <laughs> be warned, this is an explicit podcast and this may be our most rated R episode ever. SBJ, be nowhere to be found that shark bait. But that jellyfish bone, Sean McCoy, be here. But also joining us be that lovely sea hag, Stephanie Straw from Board Game Geek, to give us a perspective on romance. But before we head into the salty seas of this episode, let me ask you a favor. Could you leave us a re-review on iTunes? It's listeners like ye that helps listeners like ye find this here podcast. Yeah. But enough about me and reviews. Let's hoist anchor, raise the mizzens, and set sail on this here episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. It's the Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast all about board games you can play on, under, your table, as SBJ would say. SBJ is not with us tonight. This is episode 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be our special Valentine's episode. We asked listeners last time to write in any romantic games or gaming experiences that they have had, and we got some responses, and we have our own responses I'm looking forward to sharing on Topic Time. Let's spend a little bit of time talking about Necroboomicon after we talk about that other voice I heard laughing in the background, because first of all, <laughs> wait, wait, Sean first should do this methodically. God, I miss you, SBJ. He's so good at this. Uh, who are you? Uh, Sean's with me. Hi. I'm Sean. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We wanted the ladies' perspective as well. I didn't want two dudes just talking about Valentine's Day. Well, I'm no lady, but I'm Stephanie Straw. Thanks for having me on the show, Alan and Sean. I miss SBJ a lot. Last we had you on, it was the Gen Con episode live. And you were there with mm-hmm. Adam Koonsmiller. Yeah. Who I hear is now Mr. Adam Koonsmiller since yep. last he was on this episode. Yeah. Got hitched. What was he before? Before we just, we didn't, we didn't give him a name. We just mm-hmm. snapped at him, motioned, like if gestured at him if we wanted him to come. So now he has like a full name and title. Is there like a Miz version of Mr.? Like Master, Master Bruce, or? M- Mrs.? Mrs.? <laughs> yeah, it's known as Mrs. We're learning yep. things. This is a show about learning. What? Like it's intel. educational. No, no. 
That's not misses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Sean. 100%. A Miz form 100%. of Mr. Like, yes. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Miz is to Mrs. as what is to Mr. That's the question I'm asking. There is no what is to you Mr. You are looking for the male. Just this, does that say quotations the male here? Unmarried. What do they call that? Bachelor Adam. Right. Yeah. I just. You, I think that you just don't have a name. There's like a Klingon ritual you have to go through. I think. It's not like Mur, Mr. and Mur. <laughs> Yo, Mur Sean. <laughs> if you're alive, I don't say living Sean. I just say Sean. But once you're uh-huh. dead, I say dead Sean. Dead Sean. Dead Sean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Similarly, once you get married, you're no longer Sean. You're Mr. Sean. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a horrible joke. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, just move on. <laughs> Stephanie, sir, this is the Valentine's episode, and I think in order for our audience members to really connect to you, they should first know where you're coming from. What's your involvement in the game industry nowadays? Oh, good question. Gosh. Um, Besides playing Heroes of the Storm with me on occasion. (laughs) I'm the worst at marketing myself and talking about myself. I don't know. I, I like board games, and I went to Board Game Geek Con one year. My roommate and best friend had gone the year before and he really loved it. And he bought me a ticket the next year and he was like, we're totally going because it's gonna be awesome. And I met a bunch of industry people there, but it's funny because I didn't really have any concept of who the publishers were, designers. I mean, other than like Hasbro, you know? Right. I played these games, but I didn't have a familiarity with. They weren't like household names to you. Yeah, no, I know. So I met all these people and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You guys are like working in the industry. That's neat. You have jobs and I mean it's a thing that you just didn't think of before until you're really in it and so I don't know I got really interested in it and a friend of mine said well you need to join Twitter because all these people are on Twitter and I'm super slow to social media I joined Facebook in 2012 okay so yeah, yeah. I'm late. I'm don't, I don't have an Instagram or a Snapchat. I don't know what you kids are doing. So I just, yeah, I just got on Twitter and started talking to these people like they were human beings and they talked to me back like I'm also a human being, but joke's on them, I'm a robot. And then, yeah, I just kind of fell into board game media, started with a podcast. Did you want to plug your podcast? Sure. Um, I'm on Onboard Games, which releases every Monday. I also do the Nerd Nighters video cast every Wednesday that's live on Twitch. And then as part of the Meeple's Included community, we do a show called Games on the Rocks on Fridays. So you have a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday show? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Dear Lord, yeah. I barely make time for this show. Yeah. But now you left the best day. I did, a Tuesday. I was like, well, Tuesday I'm free. So yeah. Where does Board Game Geek come into all this? Yeah, oh yeah, I do that too. That's a thing. I <laughs> go to <laughs> I go to conventions like Origins, Gen Con, and Spiel and help them out with producing and hosting and doing interviews and live coverage of the convention. It's a lot of fun. What That's would your show. title be then? Are you the Board Game Geek? Yeah, you know, people played around with that. I I don't know. I am a, I'm a board game enthusiast at heart, but you remind me of an know. anchor person. Like oh. if Board Game Geek okay. was a news program. <laughs> you're one of the geek anchors. Yeah, I'm, I'm a geek a anchor. anchor. Yeah, I'm Gank- a geek <laughs> anchor. <laughs> well, now that we care about you. So what's going on with Necrobumicon? Yeah, Necrobumicon. I just want to say, oh! 
my goodness! My mind is blown. Sean, I had no idea. I sincerely was saying, I'll be happy if we make our goal, $2,500. And of course I was thinking in my mind, we'll probably make that. I'd be really upset if we didn't make it. But dude. So far it's doing better than Russian Roulette was doing at the same time. Yeah, it's a $5 expansion pack. Oh my goodness. It just feels amazing. That's all I'm trying to say. We funded within the first two hours. It's, it feels really good. And we had Tuesday Knaves too. So thank you, Tuesday Knaves that backed us. I've seen comments from Tuesday Knaves. I've gotten a lot of messages from Tuesday Knaves. They're usually putting something silly in there like, hey, random fact about me, number 13, I backed your game. In fact, I should do that, I forgot. Random fact about Alan, number 18, I proposed to my wife using the deck building game Ascension, which you mentioned in last episode, Sean. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. And that's fitting for today's topic of the episode. It is fitting. So let me say a couple things about Necroboomicon before you move on. Please. It's pretty, I think the word we're using a lot is validating because obviously we had a lot of problems with the terms in a boom Kickstarter. And so we've been trying really hard to- Did you? <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> we had so many problems. We had people coming on our podcast and trolling us, like right now, as an example. Like Stephanie, yeah. It was your first one, so, I mean, you know. Sure. Well, it was our second one. Our first one also hasn't shipped. We're still working on that. But what's interesting is, so you, you get haters, right? Like, you get some haters. Yep. In fact, our Terms of the Moon Kickstarter has got some pretty nasty comments right now that we announced the uh, expansion there was a guy that said he was going to dedicate his life to ruining mine. That oh, is wow. a true story. Th I feel like that's when you've made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, right? Right? That's like... Yeah. He introduced Alan to Crystal. Yeah, that's that's when... That, you're there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding, Crystal. <laughs> the other thing is, like, so they give this as feedback to us, right? They say, like, you guys shouldn't run a company. You're not any good at it, blah, blah, blah. Well, certainly we're not going to just stop running a company. We're, you know, these guys are right. We really shouldn't do this. These five people are very passionate. Yeah. We should listen to them and probably close our business. What it does say is, well, there are obviously problems with our business model that we need to solve, right? And we work really hard on those. But I think when we were pressing the button to launch Necroboomicon, it was very much a, how much have we shot ourselves in the foot with Two Rooms and Booms Kickstarter? We've done really well with World Championship Rushing Roulette, just like right. moving forward on that very quickly, getting a lot done ahead of time, hiring people to help us out instead of doing it all ourselves. Every day we're working to make the company better, but we really didn't know if the support would still be there or if we were gonna be starting over from zero. And it kind of always feels like that when you launch a Kickstarter, that maybe this will be the time that nobody shows up, right? That it'll just be crickets out there. Right. But I think we both feel really good. You nailed it. You said it was very validating. And of course, when haters write hateful things, it really hurts. And I think you basically have two reactions you can do. You can really let it consume you and bring you down, or you can use it and just put your best foot forward, knowing that you can own the criticism and make sure it has no place in your future. It's just a commentary on the mistakes you made and you're gonna use it so you don't make them in the future. And that's why, in all sincerity, I was able to laugh when we got that one comment on our True Rooms in a Boom update. I loved it. <laughs> so funny. Fuck you. It may not even be a mistake that you made, it just might be a preference that that vocal minority has, right? Like they prefer to get their games on time. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's more about making sure we're doing our best and leaving nothing to regret. But when someone says you really screwed up, it's the sharing experience of, yeah, we really did screw up. Let's never do it's that motivating. again. And I think we're yeah. doing it right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like you're performing brain surgery though. Like this is board games. Yeah. So it's not like we're Uber it's... and uh, like everyone's <laughs> deleting our app. Ooh, too soon. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> I read an article today. Lyft oh, went from Uber. the number fifty most downloaded app, like in the fifties, on the App Store. It is now at number four today, which is just insane to me. Like that is a wow. catastrophic. Like whether you agree with the politics or not, clearly like they've bungled how they handled their audience. <laughs> what I've learned from that is there are still three apps that people love more than Lyft. And what are those three apps, Stephanie? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Then why'd you open your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a little, but not the rest. It's actually a really fascinating narrative for the uninitiated that may not know what we're talking about. It was the whole, and I hate talking about politics. I know this is supposed to be an yep. escape podcast. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about sex and shit, right? Sex and shit. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah. two <laughs> go hand literally. in hand. <laughs> well, one in one hand and then one in the other. Yeah. It's like for the uninitiated, Google delete Uber and you'll have more than you want to know about any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, it really goes to show that people really do vote with their dollars. Mm -hmm. And when Uber tried to take advantage of the situation, people said, "Uh uh-uh, not having this. And it just totally backfired in their face and gave the business to Lyft. Amazing story. But speaking of amazing stories, shall we move on to the topic of the episode? Yes. I feel like we should probably move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. Who wants to start off with some romantic games or gaming experiences? Hmm. I have a not great gaming experience. It was in a romantic setting, I guess, but it was kind of a failure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. This is personal. I've never told anyone this. So now that board games are kind of a huge thing for me, it's not important that someone that I'm dating or friends with or have a relationship with or whatever necessarily likes board games. Also, they just have to be cool and chill with me liking board games. Of course, yeah. Right? It would certainly be more convenient if they also liked board games because I do a lot of playtesting and things like that's like one extra body available to do that. So I went uh, on a date. Congratulations. We went out. Yeah, (laughs) just the one. (laughs) We went to dinner and I... I brought the game with me to dinner because that's like it's a co-op and it's just cards. Yeah, I always bring games to dinner. What's the game? What what was the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is the game. It is the game. Oh, the game. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. The game. The game. Yeah, the game. The game called the game. Horrible name, but I've heard good things. Yeah, so I brought it. He knew that I was into board games, so it was like, okay, that's he knows that I do this thing, and he's a gamer. And it's not like you brought Twilight Struggle to a French restaurant. Yeah, right. He does miniatures wargaming. No, it was like not super sure. casual, not like a big formal, not a big deal. I really wasn't even sure if it was like technically a date at the time. But it was dinner and not lunch, correct? Right, it was dinner, so it's like kind of made... Because like, we all understand the difference. Mm-hmm. There's something magical about romantic. lunches that make it, yeah. That makes it okay. pl- more platonic, yeah. So I mentioned to him, he did pick me at my house, I mentioned, I was like, oh, I brought a game just in case we wanted to play. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, um, all right. And he seemed super weirded out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> super weirded out by this prospect. <laughs> we obviously did not play this game at dinner. and Oh, no. I know. Yeah, and I did not go on a second date with him. Partially because he would not even Go on a second about, date with you? 
no, no, he wanted to. And I was like, no. He wouldn't even think about, like, he kind of snubbed it. He snubbed the idea, which is, is not, like, it was kind of like a loser thing to do. No. And I was like, mm. And then he also sent me oh, a sticker the next day that was a Minions sticker. And so I was like, nope, can't Like do on it. Facebook, he so. used, like, not into minions. we're using the modern term <laughs> sticker, right? He didn't send you an actual peel sticker. <laughs> right. In the no. mail, okay. no, no, like. It's a bold on... move for a second date is to send somebody a sticker yeah, of a that's... child's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was super put off by how he was not. If you had brought like your war machine army, do you think you would have been more into it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Is that a weird place? Do games not have a place on dates? I. Oh, they totally on do. On first dates, it's tough. I'm not saying they don't. Well, but... I had known him though. Like I knew him. We had hung out in the game store together, and like I said, he plays War Machine. He's a gamer. I just thought it'd be I've chill heard with culturally, it. like say in Germany, it's a totally normal thing to be like. Hey, you want to go on a date? Like, we'll go here and we'll play a board game. And you'll, like, get into it and play a board game with a couple people. Yeah. It definitely doesn't seem in the norm in American culture. America! I, I mean, it was a co-op. <laughs> right? That makes I it more I think that's okay. funny that that's your defense. <laughs> like, that it was a co-op. <laughs> was that the most romantic choice? I don't know. It's interesting that you say I co-op. Did pick, I did pick Beth Sobel's reskin of it, which is prettier and doesn't have skulls on it. Oh. I want to get in your mind frame. Oh my gosh. Did you think about this much like many individuals think about what they're going to wear on the date? Oh, probably more so than... All right, I got my outfit on. Killer. Check. But wait. What game can I bring? Because I usually bring games... Has to be co-op. ...to dinner. Because... Yeah, because I've, I've brought Red 7 on dates before. What's the problem with it not being a co-op? There's, there is no problem, but I just thought it would be a really friendly... Apparently not. <laughs> This seems like a great segue into one of our listeners and actually the editor for a lot of our gaming manuals. Michelle wrote in with her story about a second date. So she wasn't so bold as to do it on a first date. <laughs> you mean she wasn't stupid is what you're saying. No, no, I, I'm ki- Was it a relief when he snubbed it? It was like, oh, this guy is not worth my time. Or was it like, did it really jab you? It was like an orange flag, and then the minion made it made it red. There you flag. go. Okay, that's good. So it just made it a yeah. little bit clear, like, oh, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. If this gentleman is listening to the podcast, is this how he learns how he blew it with Stephanie Straw? I didn't tell him that. I just said <laughs> okay. I I didn't. T- I say it was the game and the minion. <laughs> I, I said that I just was like, it's not going to work out. We should just be friends. If you're out there, guy. We're interested in retaining you as a customer, though Stephanie is not. So 15% off coupon. Right. Oh, my gosh. All right, so not so much for a first date. Let's talk about a second date. Michelle's second date. Let's talk about her gaming second date. Michelle wrote in. She wrote the following. Hi, I'm Michelle. Oh, you want me to do that voice? <laughs> no, I just thought it would be funny. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Michelle says, I go on a second date with this guy, and I see his backseat is filled with board games. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It was like Aladdin's Cave of Wonders. <laughs> I didn't know that many games at the time. Just games like Catan, Flux, Apples to Apples. Which, side note, I think is actually more than the average person. Because the average person, when you say games, they say 
Monopoly. Checkers. Checkers. There's definitely a new generation of people that have heard of these games and have not heard of other games, which I think is interesting. I played Flux in college with a bunch of like total non-gamer people. So it's, they're, they're getting up there for sure. Right. Yeah. And Michelle, I think is about your age, Sean. So she's in her twenties. But anyway, she goes on. Here's the problem. I'm super competitive and I really like Catan. So we're ending the date and it ends early-ish. And so he says, how about I come upstairs and bring some games with me? Oh, he Pretty offered smooth. himself, invited himself into the house? I'm assuming so. By what she's written here and I'm reading, it sounds like he says the equivalent of, hey, you, you want me to come upstairs for a drink or something? Instead, how about I come upstairs and bring some games with me? It's all about your audience. Michelle keeps on going. And I'm like, okay. So he teaches me the game, Three Stones, and I beat him. And immediately I think, oops, and I say out loud, shit. And his response is, what? And I explain, I've gone on dates in the past where I've beaten the boy in something, and that's pretty much the end of things. Guys hate losing to girls, and my mom's always told me, Michelle, you need to lose to the boys if you want to have a relationship. She's, her mom said that? I, this is what she's writing. I'm reading what she has written me. Not like use protection or like. If he buys you dinner, you have to put out. Like, lose to games. Lose the game. Don't, yeah, just If you lose. want the D, you've got to take the L. You got to take the L. I think it's adorable yeah. that Michelle calls girls girls and boys boys. We're, we're grownups, you know, but she'll be like, he was a boy and he was mean. It's just kind of funny to me. <laughs> anyway, enough about Michelle. Let's continue with the story, Let's shall we? Let's continue with Michelle. <laughs> she says, so, oops, I beat you and that sucks because I was having such a nice time. And he laughed. He said, I don't play Three Stones that often, but I do play Ingenious a lot. And if you beat me in this... Then I'll be impressed. So what he was saying was, he was like, well, you won because I'm not experienced, maybe. There's a little maybe. bit of some invalidation yeah, I, I there. agree with you. There's a lot of ways you could do readings of that. You could read it as negging, but you could be like, well, I don't really play that one that much, but I do play this one a lot. So if you beat me at this, you know, it doesn't have to be full on. If you beat me at this, what? Like, he says, a, I'll be impressed. What, a threat? Oh, I'll be impressed. Like, good impressed? I don't know, what's what's bad impressed? Well, he could really mean, like, I'll be shocked. <laughs> oh, he could mean, I'll be impressed that a woman was good at a thing. Yeah, I mean, he could just, it, it could not be a man-woman thing, it could just he him, personal sure, yeah. thing. Sure, yeah, it could just be. Thinks he's really good at that game. You could spin this in so many right. ways. But I know a lot of very successful dates where basically they just make fun of each other the entire time. There could right. be some of that. Yeah. From the context I know, I think this was sweeter. I think it was more like joking, flirting. She continues, so he teaches me the game, and I beat him. And I was immediately like, oops, sorry, fuck, uh, um, and this is what she writes, um, so I'm guessing you feel emasculated now. Mm-hmm. It's a total Michelle line. Total Michelle line. If this was me, I would say, no, I wasn't, but that statement kind of is making me feel emasculated. <laughs> and he looked at me and he smiled and said, actually, I think it's a turn on. Oh. And I remember, that was the moment where I thought... This one will be mine, she writes in all caps. That sealed the deal for me. It was very romantic, at least to me. Aww. In fact, there's a card in Dixit that reminds me of this date, this moment. It's a man and a woman at chess set, 
and there are heart-shaped butterflies Aww. around. Aww. That's a super sweet story. Aww. That's super sweet. Super sweet story. So, Sean, you're up to bat. Yeah. I actually told my really sweet story last week when Lindsay and I were in New York, and we were at the coffee shop, The Uncommons, and we were playing games with each other. It was just a really nice time. We haven't done... I mean, we play um, Play to 3000 a lot. We'll play it at dinner. I keep score in my wallet. So, like, we'll have games running for months. And we just play a hand or two here or there, which I love. But it was really it was really romantic because we just sort of took a break from everything and just played a few games. Then we went walking and it was, like, snowing outside. And we walked under the arch. And Aww. it was just, like, a really nice moment. But I don't have anything specifically, like, board game romantic. I have a couple more that I want to read and... This one, I think, is pretty good. You guys willing to listen to a couple more? Yeah. Good, because you don't really have a choice anyway. Here we go. Two Tuesday knaves, Graydon and Ray. They wrote in. Ray explains her first time that she introduced Graydon to her family. We were all playing Dead of Winter, and they got a card, and the card says, we need to collect gas. And right there and then, Graydon, this boy that I'm dating, farted in front of my entire family. (laughs) Yes, keeper. And that is the moment when I knew I loved him. (laughs) Keep in mind, this is the first time that they had met him. Yeah, but she had already formed a relationship with him. Yeah, so this isn't the first date or second date. This is the official, hey, let me introduce you to my family. With a game of Dead of Winter. <laughs> yeah, right? With a betrayer mechanic. It's That's pretty cool. intense. That is a pretty intense game to choose. It's literally a game about survival, possibly eating someone. I play spoons with Lindsay's family, and there have been times her niece has broken down crying because of the results of a spoons game. So I can't imagine what it would be like if we were like, no, go live in the wilderness by yourself with the zombies. We don't trust you anymore. <laughs> like... It would just destroy her. (laughs) Yeah. I actually have a bunch of people writing in about how they've met through board gaming communities. Oh, I like board games. I do too. And it's that instant thing where, oh, well, crap, even if the date goes bad, at least we get to try out a new board game. In fact, BK wrote in and said that he met his wife at a birthday party with mutual friends. And that was where he met his now wife, Leanne. They were playing Formula D and there were so many people that they had to team up. Mm. BK said, I'll be on Leanne's team. So that was his first move on hitting on Leanne. Nice. He hit on her with a D. Formula D's nuts. (laughs) 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 It's funny. Chase what you're passionate about and find people who are passionate about that. There's always this thing like, I'll find a person. I'll just look for the person. It's like, why don't you find a community? And in that community will be people. Yeah. A whole community, there there might be a person, yeah, which some people do, right? There are some games that I think wholly help therapeutic psychology for your relationship. Have you guys played And Then We Held Hands? Mm -mm. I have not. I own it, and I have not played it yet, and I... Asked my wife, hey, we should play this, but it's not Ascension. You absolutely need to play it. You, it's so good. I've heard mixed reviews on it. Well, I heard it's too abstract. Well, I was going to say, if you don't like abstract strategy, then you will not like that game. Ooh, I do like abstract strategy. Oh, see, yeah, that's totally my jam. Is Abstract strategy is probably my favorite, 100%, hands down. If I had to take like one game with me on a deserted island, it would be an abstract strategy game, because you can just endless plays. 
Yeah, so some people don't like games where you have limited speech, like in the game or in Hanabi, you know, etc. And then we held hands. The story is about a failing relationship and you're working to repair it and you're going through all of these different emotions, like happy, sad, content, calm, like anger. You can talk about anything other than the strategy of the game because it's a co-op right so you can't go i'm gonna go here so that you can go here there's no strategy talk about the game you could you could maybe say like it's your turn or whatever you're encouraged in the rules to sort of just talk about whatever or talk about your relationship this game seriously will simulate the things that are working and are not working in a relationship because you can actually complete a turn by using cards that you have but you can also take your partner's cards and use them so you can kind of see if someone is a giver or a taker i don't know it's just super it's just a really interesting analytical situation to be in and i've played this game with several different people and it's okay for friendships too It's really cool. These connections that we make during games with certain people. I know when I'm playing a social game, if I have a childhood friend, I get more excited because of that potential connection. And it's someone wrote in and here's one I want to read. I feel that I have a connection with my partner when we play games that sometimes gives us an advantage in team games or maybe helps me to predict moves, whatever, more than other people are going to do. It's just that extra empathy slash psychic connection. Mm. Now, Stephanie, are you suggesting, and then we held hands, would enrich that psychic connection? <sighs> That's It's hard because... I mean, you are at heart playing a game, so you would have to know how that person plays games specifically and not just know them as a person. I think that a game like Time's Up or something like that, like where you partner with each other. I think you mean monikers, <laughs> I think you, but keep on going. You might benefit from something like that, but I don't know if I don't know if I would be able to predict my childhood friend that I've known since kindergarten. I don't know if I would be able to predict how they would play an abstract strategy game. And then the held hands sounds like more of like a test for your relationship than it does like a sweet thing to do. No, it is sweet. I know couples that have said that they didn't have necessarily a good experience with it. Well, maybe you guys need to work on your communication. I don't know. But I think it can also just be a fun activity for you to do with someone that you have an established connection with. Sean, next time we're together, I'll bring and then we held hands to see if we should break up or not. <laughs> One last email from a Tuesday Nave, because this is probably going to bring us into another topic in of itself. This Tuesday Nave writes in and says, any game with the right mechanics, you can play a strip version. We used a game called Shuttles where you try to get your pegs onto the opponent's side before they can do the same. For each peg you get over, the other person removes something. Oh, by the way, plot spoiler, female Tuesday knave. So this isn't just some creepy frat dude writing in. No, it's just some creepy sorority chick. No, it's a creepy <laughs> mother and loving wife. It is actually, yeah, it's funny. She could have been in a sorority. She could have been. She, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to ask. But anyway, I don't know the game Shuttles, but I know for myself, one game that 
I played and guilty of playing was drinking Jenga, it was called, which is funny because I don't even drink. But have you guys heard of drinking Jenga? It's pretty standard. Yeah, we played that in college. Yeah. Back when I used to drink, there's a bar in Dallas called Barcadia, and it's an arcade and a bar. And outside they have the big Jenga games, like just with the big blocks, and they're for drunk people. And I remember getting hammered there and then like people would be deep into a game and I would go up to like a girl or whoever and be like, okay, now what are you going to do on this move? All right, you have to really think about it. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. And it would fall down. I get really big like that when I'm drinking. But later friends, the next day were like, yeah, we had to keep pulling you away from those Jenga games because you would just go up and start talking to people about their Jenga moves and all the guys looked like they were going to kick your ass. We repeatedly had to pull you away from these Jenga situations. So anyway, that's the reason why I don't drink anymore. (laughs) I was super obnoxious. I love the, we repeatedly had to pull you away from these Jenga situations. It's the title of your book. (laughs) Why is that not in your bio? Your bio is just like lives in Dallas, but that should be in your bio. I think my bio basically covers it all. So official drinking Jenga is when you're playing, if you take out a blank block, you get a Sharpie marker and you write something in it that someone has to do. And a lot of times people would write, remove an article of clothing. It could be take a drink or say a joke or staring contest, whatever lame thing you want to do. And Jenga eventually got wind of this and they had a truth or dare Jenga. Mm. See, you write on the brick. You write immediately on the brick. Yeah, we did. So that when you pull the brick, you look to see if there's anything written on it. And when you see what's Uh. written on it, you have to do what it says. Okay, so if there's nothing written on it. Then you get to write something on it, yeah. And here's the creepy, you know, adolescent Alan back in the day. I remember playing this game and when you pull a remove article of clothing thing, putting it strategically somewhere which would make it easy to pull again and trying to convince the individual to whom I may be attracted, like, ooh, that brick. That one's nice and loose. How did you know? Did you like mark? Did, did you mark? No, them? I would just remember where it this went. This is a total Alan move. <laughs> Gosh, that is so. He's, he's Jenga is, brick counting, like Rain Man. It's genius, but it's manipulative. Yeah. yeah. This, I mean, I wouldn't try to hide it. I'd be like, that brick. And they'd say, oh, I know what brick that is. It's still easy. You got to go for it. Damn it. Okay. And usually the response was, <laughs> they're like, dang, I got to take my clothes off. Whatever. They wanted to take their clothes like, off. You want to take Lord, your clothes off. Just have unprotected anal sex with Alan. Like, That's dear what the Lord, brick man, said. Cool the brick it. said, have unprotected anal sex with Alan. This is how Sean and I met. We played <laughs> drinking Jenga. Uh, but here's my question is other games that you could possibly make into these kinky type games. Because we talked about romantic situations that have happened, and I almost say almost any game could be romantic in the right setting. In fact, I had one listener write in, this is Dee. She says, back before we had children, I remember one evening when the power went out, we ended up playing Rummy Mm -hmm. by the candlelight and things got romantic. Yeah, that was something that I was gonna talk about is when the power goes out, you wanna play board games by candlelight. So like Mm -hmm. Mastermind comes out or something. Mastermind is awesome. But what are other games? Should we even talk about what games are easily? Spoons, how would that work? How does that become a strip spoons thing? Well, every time you lose a hand, you have to lose an article of clothing. And so now everyone's getting naked, but also everybody's up in each other's face. Here's the deal about these strip games. If you go, let's all play the strip game. At that point, anyone that agrees to do it is like willing to take their, all of their clothes off in front of you. So what you should just do at that point, never mind the game and just everybody just get naked. Yeah, but I think the only people who play these strip games are in two camps. One, they're in college, or two, they're, like, older and swinging by now, right? Like, 
It's not like people in that middle. <laughs> that's what area. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, just let's just cut out like an hour. It's known as foreplay, Stephanie. You know, people say the same thing about drinking games. Yeah, they say like, well, if you, I don't need a game to get drunk. I just get drunk, and it's like, cool, right? I don't need games at all, but I do it because it's fun. Yeah. I do like the argument though that like, pff, I don't need a game to have an orgy. I'll just have an orgy if I want to. <laughs> I don't need to be fake about it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you, come on. You're all into it. Anyone who is questioning why I invited Stephanie for this episode, I think your question has just been answered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I do like the games by the candlelight thing, although usually when the power goes out, it's just, well, how long until my phone dies? (laughs) That's like the game I play. Well, okay, so a fun thing that you can do If your power goes out and you're not with your significant other, then a fun thing you can do until your phone dies is play a text-based role-playing game with each other. You have someone that kind of DMs, like sets up the scene. I've actually done this before. They set up the scene. You're in a room and there's a book and a bag and their exits are east and west. And so then the person is like, um, open book, look at book or I'll go east or whatever. This is just like the Parsley games. Have you played the Parsley games? No. We can play them on the podcast. We should do that sometime. We should do that. The Parsley games is based off of the parser based text adventure games they used to have on the computer. Yeah, I played a lot of those. It's exactly that. It just gives you the script. You enter a room. This is what you see. The doors are north, and it just tells you what you can read. I played those in high school and college, and people were really confused by that. They were like, so there's no graphics? No. Well, how do you know what you're doing? Well, it's it's in text. I'm reading it. So it's all text? Yeah, it's fine. What's the essence that makes it romantic for you then? Because it's just like a fun, it's a fun connection game thing that you can do when the power's out. I don't know. It's kind of hot. When it's dark, it's just hot, right? Like, I don't know. I like Whatever. the idea of like playing role-playing game or something like that. I'm playing the Steve Jackson yeah. sorcery games on my phone right now, which are awesome. But yeah, like I've always thought really intimate settings like with one to three people for role-playing games, your immersion is way higher. Yeah, it's basically like a personal, private role-playing session and i think that's kind of cool and i mean it can obviously lead to wherever you want it to lead right if you are a listener at home a tuesday knave as we call you please write in and other games you may think of in response to this and also next episode is episode 70 which is a zero episode where we recap So what I'd really like to hear is what are your favorite parts of any of the episodes you've heard so far? Maybe what is your favorite episode? Let us know what you like so you can contribute to the Zero episode. Sean, if they want to write in, where should they write? Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. That's right. And Stephanie, thanks for being here. If they want to get in touch with you, how should they do so? Uh, They can ask me uh, out on a date and then bring a game and say, would you like to go upstairs in your home and play a game? Because that's apparently the right thing to do. Right. No minion stickers. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no minions. I'm on Twitter at insert straw here. And that is probably the best way to reach me. Sean, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sean McCoy, S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. And don't forget, you can also tweet the show at PlayTKG. I'm Alan Gerding. That's A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. I'm on the Facebook and on the tweets at Alan Gerding. And I think with that being said, this episode is... Finished. Finished. 
did we just did we just have an orgy together? I don't think so. Well, this makes a lot more sense if you think this is what an orgy is. Now I understand your lax attitudes oh, towards orgies. Oh, yeah. 